the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Creating an estate plan for you and your family is a critically important matter you do not want to leave to chance. The Law Office of Larry Dersham has been designing custom estate plans and trusts for San Diegans for over 25 years and would be honored to assist you with all of your estate planning needs. To schedule a free consultation, please call Larry's office at 858-205-5361. That's 858-205-5361. 858-205-5361. Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and Ph.D. with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. What a week it has been. We have been seeing everything from potential political indictments to extreme weather to the opening of the new Barbie movie to everything in between. There's just been, let's say, a little, a little bit of something for everybody this week, which is a wonderful thing. I guess that describes a typical news week, on the other hand, as well. But speaking of typical news weeks, we have a very special guest with us on tonight. Larry, who do we have on the line? Michael Brando writes on society, the arts, and canine culture. The author of several books and a sought-after commentator, he has contributed to many publications, including the New York Times. His works have been listed in Best American Essays, and he has been profiled in the New Yorker's Talk of the Town. Michael has just come out with a new book about our current culture titled, What's the Problem Now? Black Grievances and White Guilt that we'll be discussing tonight. Welcome to the program, Michael. Thank you for having me. So, Michael, Larry and I usually um, split up the uh, the wealth. Uh, he takes the heavy-hitting topics, the divisive topics, the provocative. I usually try to kind of delve into some of the more fun aspects of people's lives, and I just have to ask you how you define canine culture. I love that. And I think our <laughs> listeners love that as well because we live in a day and age where you can take a dog almost everywhere. Yeah, well, my first book was a kind of public policy uh, book called New York's Poop Scoop Law which was sort of about dogs, uh, but more about people. It was about the history of how New York's first uh, successful law of that kind happened in New York City and all the politics surrounding. And uh, It's actually a pretty funny, absurd story. And then my second book is uh, a history of, uh, it's called uh, <clears throat> A Matter of Breeding, Abiding History of Pedigree Dogs, which is a history of our obsession and cult uh, around uh, pedigree and blood purity and sort of formal perfection and in dogs and how it's eventually hurt dogs in the long run. Oh, that's fascinating. Michael, you say about your new book, What's the Problem Now? Black Grievances and White Guilt, that it's an old white guy's witty and insightful account of his struggle to survive in New York City without becoming a racist. 
What led you to write this book? You know, I don't know if I had a conscious agenda to write it. I'd been collecting anecdotes of my uh, interesting experiences with, with certain black people over 41 years in New York City. And basically, it just sort of all came out last summer over a, a two-month period. I wrote the thing. And uh, I think in retrospect, I was probably frustrated, as I still am now, with um, hearing so many terrible things about, about white people. It seems to be the fashion these days. Um, about how bad white people are, how evil they are, and how stupid they are. And and I was also still frustrated uh, with all the senseless acts of violence I'd seen in the city, since, especially since 2020. Right. You know, aren't there a lot of efforts really being made to emphasize that we're stronger together? And, you know, sometimes people phrase it as it's the human race. They phrase it as, you know, there's more that unites us than divides us. But aren't we really seeing just sort of more of a celebration of the, the value of diversity and how we are just so alike in so many different ways when you really think about it? Is the pendulum swinging? Um, well, New York is a very diverse place. If you can't handle diversity, <laughs> you better get out. <laughs> yeah, don't you come know. to New York. <laughs> you know, celebrate it or not or pretend to like it, whatever. I mean, I love it. That's why I, I went there. That's why I've stayed. But lately... I don't know. Things have gotten really bad. I know a lot of people in my my neighborhood, uh, a lot of clients. Uh, I'm a dog walker. Um, uh, clients who are, are threatening to leave and who have left. And a lot of the people who left during COVID haven't come back because um, things. The crime is really bad now. It's. Uh, I've lived through the 80s and 90s and everything, and uh, I, I haven't seen it so bad in a very long time. Well. Uh, you've said that our culture's current infatuation with blackness had made you numb with racial boredom. What did you mean by that? Well, I think uh, it was the George Floyd thing that really did it for me. I mean, basically, there were Black Lives Matter fists everywhere, and I live um, on a busy street in, in the village, which uh, under my fire escape all those months, the, the demonstrations passed. So I had to listen to them day and night, day and night, day and night, and uh, for many months, and and uh, watch all the the building, the businesses on the street level boarded up, and and uh, all the anti-cop slogans, and 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 even recently, I mean, just last weekend, I was flipping through cable channels on TV, and I got through about 20 of them, and I realized every single channel, I mean, like every talk show, every commercial. Every drama, everything had either a, a handful of like token black faces or had an entirely black cast. And I just, I think they're really overdoing it. And I think by hitting us over the head constantly about how bad white people are and, and how wonderful black people are, eventually you you risk making people numb with it, and and you may you risk making them insensitive to real problems that, that might be, be going on. You know, there are so many different demographic categories that we talk about, not just race, but I mean, we talk a lot about things like religion. We talk, obviously, we talk a lot about politics and we are just getting started uh, down that road. Um, we talk about gun culture and, and campus culture and rape culture and this, that and the other. I mean, identity is so many different things rather than just the color of somebody's skin. And I just wonder, does that sort of factor into well, let's take New York City. I mean, what a great example. Does that kind of factor into the reality that each of us is a constellation of a thousand different traits, not just skin color, religion, or anything else sure. specifically? 
Well, I think this idea of identity, as it's been used in recent years, it's a new th- thing of the left, and I, I think it came out of academia. Is it's pretty stereotypical. I think you're right. We're a composition of much more than that. I mean, I would I would never uh, be proud for having been born Caucasian. <laughs> that would be absurd, and I, and I would, but I would never apologize for it, like everyone is doing now. And uh, frankly, I think that anyone who 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 relies upon something like gender or, or, or race or even ethnicity as, as, as the main part of their self-worth has kind of got a character problem. You know, I, I think uh, Martin Luther King you know, said it best that one day he dreams of a, a, a country where we'll judge people on their character and not on the color of their skin. But, uh, Michael, do you think that wokeism's real agenda is actually racial conflict that's a pretty controversial idea but uh, you see it so much like they're trying to divide us after this great work uh, with martin luther king we were coming together and it's like they almost the politicians some of them thrive on racial conflict that's how they keep their power what do you think well yeah i think they've got so much invested in it again it came out of academia which has so much writing i mean their, their whole identity so to speak is, is about conflict and race and identity um I uh, actually red-pilled. I became a Republican for the first time in my life in the 2020 election. And you know what did it for me? It was when all the the Democrat candidates, Biden, and it was before the primary, stood up on TV together. They had that debate. And each and every one of them gave a little spiel on how we have to stop white supremacy. Every one of them. Wow. Yeah, you you know that uh, you talk about this in Chapter 1 of your book, uh, do you think Americans today are starting to see more arbitrary political correctness? Uh, it just it just uh, it's here. Oh there. yeah, I yeah. Don't. yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, I, I, arbitrary is the key word because that's <laughs> the key to political correctness. It's the idea is to keep us off balance all the time. Yes. And guessing because these rules come in so fast and they change, especially linguistic things that you can and can't say with the with the internet. Overnight, you can get clobbered if you, if you say the wrong word. And that's what I show in some of the anecdotes I give about my, my bizarre interactions with New Yorkers uh, over the years is that uh, they're over things that are silly and arbitrary. Oh, absolutely. And uh, what do you think would be uh, the impetus behind the the culture war we're kind of in a culture war right i mean it's not only just race it seems like everything what they're doing you know in the schools and so forth oh definitely yeah so it's almost like there's an agenda to kind of transform us (laughs) it's been famously said into something that uh, we were not before and uh, we're getting a little bit short in time and i have some more questions for you but before we run out of time i want to make sure do you have a website Yes, I do. I have michaelbrando.com, and from there you can find my Twitter and my uh, Facebook. Great. And the book is What's the Problem Now? Black Grievances and White Guilt. And, of course, that's available probably everywhere, right? Yeah, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, so pretty much everywhere. Some independent places have picked it up, which is nice. Right. But, yeah. It is nice, and we want to thank you so much for, for joining us. I mean, what a 
what an interesting conversation. So uh, let's leave it at that. But thank you so much for making some time for us today. Thank you, Michael. Very nice of you to have me. All right. We're going to take a short commercial break, but please don't touch that dial. We have another amazing segment when you return. This is Today with Dr. Wendy. We will be back in a flash. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. This program is brought to you by HappyDays.Health, official distributors of the full line of Shackley products. Meet Meology, daily doses of exactly what you need to thrive. Meology is the science-backed supplement plan that's made just for you. Powered by 100 years of Shackley research and experience, delivered right to your door in your own personalized daily dose packs. It all starts with a few questions so we can get to know you. During our quick assessment, we ask you about your health goals, diet, and exercise to get a clear picture of who you are and what your body needs. We analyze your responses to create a personalized supplement plan built uniquely for you. Your personalized supplements arrive at your door each month in convenient daily dose packs. All you need to do is grab one and get on with your day. To get started with your personalized nutrition plan, just visit our website at happydays.health and click on the Visit Us link. That's happydays.health and click on the Visit Us link. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick, and Larry Dersham and I are going to lighten it up for the second half of the show. We like to always end on a high note, and we wanted to talk about something that has been in the news sort of in a happy sort of way, and that is the blockbuster success of the Barbie movie that opened last weekend. Grossing the top of the charts, everybody thought it would, and it did. And, you know, one of the reasons that is uh, attributed to this wild success is who doesn't like a refreshing, upbeat sort of blast from the past that puts a smile on everybody's face? Now, I get it, and I've heard the naysayers, they're finding these, you know, politically incorrect, incorrect undercurrents and these complicated backstories, but most people went to see it because they have nostalgia. Either they had a Barbie collection or their sister had a Barbie collection or they had a Barbie dream house. You know, there's lots, or they like the color pink. Uh, by the way, the, the original Barbie was not pink. She came in a black and white bikini, but I digress. Larry probably already knew that. <laughs> no, I didn't. But, you know, okay, see, you, find, you learn something new every day. Um, one of the things that I think a lot of people don't recognize, they, although they should, about the Barbie character is the amount of lawsuits that have always plagued her over the years. I mean, I guess that's not a surprise because when you have a wildly successful product, you are going to have suits that are alleging that there are takeoffs. And a lot of people, I mean, think about it this way. The greatest source of flattery is imitation, isn't it? But if you're too close, it becomes copyright infringement. And Larry, I understand that Mattel sued uh, the suit Aqua over the little-known Danish-Norwegian band, which, by the way, catapulted them to <laughs> worldwide news, when they wrote and released a song called Barbie Girl. Larry, do you want to sing a, a little bit of the song for our listeners so they, remind, they remember? You know, actually, I don't know that song, Wendy. I'm going to have to go on, on YouTube and look it up. That sounds like a really cool song. Uh, Larry, so- it goes like this. 
I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world, life in plastic. It's fantastic. Does that refresh your memory? It doesn't, but I sure like your singing. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, thank you. Thank you. But, uh, tell me about this. Yeah. Now, now, how did that go? Because I, I have a bunch of cases about Barbie, but I didn't have that one. How did that one turn out? It didn't. And, you know, that was a big eye opener is it was basically classified as parody. Um, Mattel brought some other lawsuits as well. And by the way, that that video on YouTube to that song has been viewed more than one billion times. Times. That's billion with a B. Um, and it gave Mattel free global advertising. So that, I guess that was a silver lining there as well. And actually, Mattel ended up using it um, in a different kind of ad, you know, in the future. But one of the things that it did is it, it damaged Barbie's reputation in their eyes because Barbie was a wholesome character. She didn't use foul language or and there was no sexual innuendo that was anticipated in releasing the doll and her her image, her sort of, you know, iconic image that has been maintained through the course of the years. I mean, she's showcased as a professional, a doctor, um, uh, in a bunch of different demographic categories. And they didn't like the fact that they thought it might tarnish her reputation. So the lawsuit was a bit of brand management. But over the years, you're absolutely right. There's been a lot of other uh, lawsuits as well, hasn't there? Oh, yeah. Uh, There was one. uh, It was John Forsyth. He's a Utah photographer that came out with his uh, photos, he called it Food Chain Barbie Series. And it's kind of upsetting. I guess he was trying to do social commentary. He has malted Barbie. He had Barbie kind of stuffed into this uh, vintage Hamilton Beach malt machine. Uh, He actually did that, I think, in 3D, and then he took a picture of it. He had another one, Barbie enchiladas, that showed four Barbies in a lid oven wrapped in tortillas, and covered with salsa in a casserole dish. And uh, what's interesting about that is how the lawsuit came out. The Court of Appeals, uh, of course, Mattel sued them, uh, sued Walking Mountain Productions, that was the name of his company, and concluded that the photographs, uh, photographers' work, uh, they were social criticism and parody, and therefore fair use applied that was uh, protected by the copyright laws and the First Amendment. I just thought that was right. so interesting. And just f- for the folks, really quickly, fair use uh, is a doctrine in the United States law that permits limited use of copyrighted material without having to first acquire permission from the copyright holder. So that's a little bit on fair use. But yeah, that was well, another case. You know why that's an interesting case, and this whole line of cases is instructive, because nowadays, no matter where you go, you see Barbie paraphernalia. You go into a cupcake store, and there are cupcakes with uh, little plastic Barbies on top of them. You can't imagine Mattel going after all these mom and pops that are making use of the image. If anything, they're sort of enhancing the image. And it's also interesting to see the way litigation waxes and wanes uh, in direct correlation to the success of whatever brand it is, that is being co-opted. And, you know, the ad that used a bit of that song that they sued Aqua over in 1997 um, allegedly was used when there was a bit of a waning period, when they wanted to, you know, sort of regain some popularity. And that's what happened here, too, around this movie and sort of in an off-handed, off-label almost a, you know, counterintuitive fashion, the song that they sued Aqua over back in 1997 seems to have generated interest and enthusiasm around seeing the movie. Who's to say that is a part of the block office 
the blockbuster success that Barbie had over the weekend, raking in more money than I think even those that couldn't wait to see the movie have seen. Well, I, I would I looked it up on a, this is a funny name, but I think people know wait, about you mean this. You haven't seen it. You well, haven't seen the Barbie movie. Yeah, I'm going to have to see that. Uh, it's uh-huh. Rotten, uh, Rotten Tomatoes website, and they say that uh, this was just released on, I think it was uh, uh, July 21st, and it's already right, raked in $162 million already, and it's just supposed to be, you know, a really good comedy and so forth. But yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to see it. Now, here's another lawsuit talking about lawsuits. Uh, uh, to celebrate the millennium in 2000, the operator of Radio City Music Hall, I don't know if you remember the Rockettes. That goes back a while. They were amazing dancers. I used to watch that on TV as a little kid. Uh, they created a series of uh, dolls called Rockettes 2000. And uh, this series of dolls, Mattel said, you were copying the facial, facial, uh, face, facial features, you know, the eyes, the nose, the mouth of Barbie dolls. And it was such a crack up. I mean, it's so Barbie dolls are so small to begin with. How could you even almost discern the facial features, in my opinion? Uh, but what happened in that one, Wendy, is the district court, the court of appeals back in New York, the Second Circuit, uh, uh, did, said that the district court erred in concluding that the defendant could freely copy the central facial features of the Barbie dolls without infringing on Mattel's copyright now they kicked it back to the lower course to figure it out but i thought that was funny that even the facial features uh they all look the same to me but anyhow that's that's another lawsuit and then it gets to the dark side i don't know if you want to get quickly to the dark side but a lot of these barbie's been co-opted for some of these horrible porn sites and mattel has been quite successful in shutting those down or getting them to change their name or whatever. Do you, do you want to comment on that or do you have any other cases you wanted to uh, mention? I'm going to pull us up out of the mire after that. You know, you're absolutely I'm right, sorry, Larry. I'm sorry. No, no, you got, we got to talk about this. This is what, you know, this is why litigation is so important. Um, imitation, by the way, also leads to litigation as we've just seen. But one of the reasons I think the movie was such a success is it didn't have that dark side undercurrent. It wasn't about you know, pornography or, or bad language or anything. It was kind of one of those feel-good movies. Um, now, everybody thinks that, you know, a, a G movie, that would have been great if there was absolutely no innuendo at all. But it comparatively, let's start with that. Comparatively, it was a, a fairly tame movie. And even for those people that will never see it, they have enjoyed the resurgence of the color pink. They have enjoyed the, the resurgence of sort of the, the lighthearted nature of some of the songs. Um, of some of the, you know, the, the 70s and 60s inspired fashions that have come out. So even if somebody never sees the movie, never finds a complicated undercurrent, it has at least sort of brought a little bit of lightheartedness to the summer, right, as we're getting ready to heat up the 2024 political election. And I always wondered why that wasn't part of the success as well. But uh, to our listeners, whether you've seen it or not, we hope you will come back and see us next Saturday night at the same time. You have been listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. Headlines with a silver lining. We hope to see you again next week. And until then, God bless you and keep you.
Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. This program is brought to you by HappyDays.Health, official distributors of the full line of Shackley products. Meet Meology, daily doses of exactly what you need to thrive. Meology is the science-backed supplement plan that's made just for you. Powered by 100 years of Shackley research and experience, delivered right to your door in your own personalized daily dose packs. It all starts with a few questions so we can get to know you. During our quick assessment, we ask you about your health goals, diet, and exercise to get a clear picture of who you are and what your body needs. We analyze your responses to create a personalized supplement plan built uniquely for you. Your personalized supplements arrive at your door each month in convenient daily dose packs. All you need to do is grab one and get on with your day. To get started with your personalized nutrition plan, just visit our website at happydays.health and click on the Visit Us link. That's happydays.health and click on the Visit Us link. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.